to the table where we have the lovely advantage of deleting things if we need to. <laughs> I am John, and my mustache is too long on my face. And I'm Jordan. I like wearing black with the accessories with it. I'm Caroline, and I'm dinosaur obsessed. I am Clara. Our, I am Clara, our <laughs> special guest, and I am a sweet, lovely person. Aww. Aww. Good thing and I'm Olivia, and I'm special. <laughs> you had. And how many different ways? All the opportunities <laughs> to just take a nice jab at me, and you say Think I'm about special. The jab. I th I'm thinking about the jab, and I'm taking it in a positive mode. Good. I'm happy for you because you do so. <laughs> you are special. You're the only and one. Really You're sensitive. the only one. I'm like, oh. If that's what you have to tell yourself to sleep at night, it's okay. <laughs> we're here to help I you. I keep getting touched, and we're supposed to be in quarantine. Because <laughs> every time we touch, I get this feeling. Oh my goodness. I didn't lip sync this time. You did what? I she didn't, didn't play any music and lip sync. I know. It's kind of sad. We, anyway, still got, we still got one more today. This is true. We're not done yet. No, we're not. Alright, so today, in addition to trying to practice social distancing and failing and failing miserably, we are talking about maintaining relationships with different religious, political, in general views. I'm covering all the details. There we go. <laughs> I make it been specific. Covered. Very specific. 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 Is it specifically specific? Specific. Oof. Okay, moving on. Specifically the Pacific Ocean. Oh. John doesn't ever say specific. I have to A him. very particular individual will understand my reference moving forward. Gotcha. Specifically that individual. Yeah. So the I think the first question to, to bring up is why is it important to have people who have differentiating views whether it's religious or political or whatever in your life. Because we talked about fellowship last week. Right. And we talked about why it's important to have people who have a common common views and everything in your life. So why is it important to not to have people who don't have common views in your life? Well Or is it important? I, I think I think it's definitely I think there's importance to it for sure. Mm -hmm. Um I mean I have friends being in the in the um, occupation that I'm in, I have friends of all walks of life, all different views, political, religious, you know, as far as just personal, you know, preference views. And it's important to have those relationships because one, Christ himself did not just associate himself with like-minded individuals yeah he associated himself with people who had different views who may have had different walks of life and he showed love and he showed who he was through that and he even calls us to do that he doesn't say all right i want you to only have friends who are in the same kind of church with the same kind of views and they only can be the same kind of political stance as you that would get really boring and our friendships and you know any form of relationships and i'm covering a spectrum of relationships being work relationships friendships mm -hmm. you know you know uh Deeper relationships as far as, you know, um, dating, fiancé, marriage, 
family relationships, all of, all of them, you know, we have to be able to sit back and accept, more tolerate people because if we only had the same views and we only hung out with people who are of the same cookie cutter shape, friendships and relationships would be very two-dimensional, not three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would take it in a different, in a slightly different way. Of course you would. <laughs> well, I mean, part of the problem that some people say that's in politics nowadays, that everybody sticks within their own group. Bless you. I'm sorry. Please don't get me sick. No, I'm just kidding. I covered it up. I have hair right now. <laughs> sorry, John. Sorry, John. I had a sneeze. <laughs> it's okay. But when you do that, you tend to create this ideology that doesn't coincide with the real world because mm -hmm. you're not challenging your views, you're not seeing the opposite views, and you're having to create your own opposite views right. and imprint them on the other person. You know, we, as a tendency, like to be with people that are similar to us. Mm -hmm. That's human nature. That's okay. But you, sometimes you really do need to strive to go outside of those human tendencies to challenge not only yourself, but your faith to build it stronger. Yeah. Because untested faith is no faith at all. Yes. Yeah. You took what I was going to say. I'm a little annoyed at you. That's um, okay. You know where I sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, she I She knows where you're going to be sleeping at night. <laughs> I think, I think for me, if we did not associate, <laughs> be some wife. <laughs> oh. Sorry, your fiance is so lucky. <laughs> uh, I was saying about young. I'm not. <laughs> I think the first, I mean, the obvious thing for us in the in where we are, if we didn't have people in our life that had opposing views, this podcast wouldn't be in existence. Yeah. I mean, that was a big reason why we wanted to do it was because we had four people, today we have five, that come from very different walks of life, that come from very different religious backgrounds, that come from very different, you know, political views, that have different lifestyles, and, and that is what makes this so unique. I think going off of that, though, a big reason to have people in your life that are opposing views is because, kind of what John said, you learn from them. I mean, you learn what you don't like in a person, and it's it purely comes down to what you can have in your life and what you can't have in your life. If yes. there's somebody who has opposing religious views, but they are so to the point where like it's constantly you're constantly headbutting, you've learned that you're like, okay, I can't be around somebody like that. It's right. not the it's not the fact that they have different views. It's how they respond to it. And then you also learn about yourself of how you respond to when your views get challenged and right. how you have to defend them. And I think that that's a key thing to to learn about yourself when you're going out and you're witnessing to people because you're not going to be witnessing to people who have the same views. Hence why you're witnessing. Hello. Yeah. So I think that's why it's important to have people in your life that have different views. What about you, darling? Okay, so I was thinking about, <laughs> it's not necessarily my religious background, but where I went to college, which was a sort of small town, and when you tend to have a lot of people of the same denomination around, you can get kind of stuck in your ways, 
and they always talked about how College Dale was a little Adventist bubble. Uh-huh. And the problem with being in a bubble is that you're not actually in the real world. And uh, that's a problem because then you start having this really big us against them mentality. And that is not good for anyone. In fact, it you know, I was thinking, you know, the people who struggle with that the most are people who are in cults, you know, because that's what cult leaders do. They tell you. No, you you have to distance yourself from all of your friends, from all of your family. They don't believe the same way as you. They're going to send you down the wrong path in life. You know, so you have to be around different people because then you are able to keep a more level head about what is actually out there, you know, pinging off of what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you, you have to to keep yourself sane. Mm-hmm. I agree. Clara? I think taking this kind of a different direction being an mk a missionary kid i grew up with different views yeah like we lived on the base where my dad was working i'm not going to say what organization it was but i mean it was in the u.s but still everybody had a different view because you have people coming from all different countries all over the world and that is that affects their viewpoint and in some cases it does affect how they view Christ because it can be a really negative country that they're coming from or uh-huh. really, it, it does affect that but growing up as an MK with so many different reli- like forms of religion introduced to us at a really young age and seeing all those people and having all those people still like my family still loved and we were still involved in the lives of so many different people with so many different viewpoints it was really important to allow me to get really grounded in my own personal faith because it in in the end it didn't get in the way of how I viewed those people and that I feel like in the south is a really big oh, popular yeah. thing yeah. yes yeah. it gets in the way of how we view those people and I think that that's wrong we are so clicky yeah exactly we are. And like growing up with so many like so many different cultures and so many different even people that worked with my dad like they all came together for one goal, and it was to preach the gospel and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And that was the goal, and that was the most important thing to all of them. But there were so many different people with so many different viewpoints, and some may have been completely different than what I'm, what I feel is right, and what I I feel is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But together, we still, I mean, my dad even talks to those people and communicates with Muslims on a daily basis. But that doesn't get in the way of how he views them in Christ and how he views, I mean, not saying that they would be in Christ if they're an unbeliever, but how Christ calls us to view others. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, Claire. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, you're in the hot seat today. I know. I've been around missionary kids. Mm-hmm. Like I went to a part, we've said this on the podcast before, I went to a private school. And so we had kids that were coming in out of different, of different backgrounds and stuff, but there was, we had missionary kids that would come in and out of the school and they to me from my perception they had a hard time turning off the missionary to people like their own age and their and in in like their classes where like what does that mean well it was like so like when for you those of out, us who have never experienced right that. what i mean is like they were very used to being in like hard countries like africa yep. and you know, China and stuff like this, and this was several years ago, but, so when they were there, their speech, that's what it was, it was Mm -hmm. preaching and preaching and preaching, and that's not a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but then they'd come back, and they'd be with like-minded people, 
and we were all kind of on the same page mm -hmm. and all of a sudden like they're still harping on the stuff that they were harping on when they were on those bases or they were in those countries how have you been able to differentiate between being that missionary kid and being in that lifestyle versus just being around like us or being mm -hmm. you know in a dance class or whatever yeah that's a good question you kind of grow up with a focus and I think the the, the main thing that you're talking about is MK's grow up with a focus of this is the most important thing mm -hmm. some families even put the mission field before their families mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. is like the most important thing my one one of my closest friends grew up in Nepal and having coming into America where everything is there's this is just such a country we have so much mm -hmm. compared to any other country almost I want to say but coming to this country from there with that mindset that we have to preach the gospel, people are dying around us, this is the most important thing, and then coming out of that and saying, okay, now everybody's just on their phones playing games and this is just, nothing matters, like, nothing really matters to them. Yeah. There's that huge, almost, like, I don't want to say culture shock, but literally culture it shock. It is a culture yeah. shock. But even if you haven't grown up completely on a different country, mm -hmm. there's that culture shock from what you've been raised in for your entire life, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And that, I don't know if that answers your question so much, but it, it you kind of have to make that shift and realize that you may be different, but you have to make sure you can connect with all the different mindsets. And like reacclimating. Exactly. Yeah. And all the different people that haven't grown up with, with going to like a Thursday morning prayer meeting and saying, yeah. well, so-and-so has been abducted. Like, there's a lot of stuff like that. So uh, yeah, you just have to be able to adjust your mindset. And it's it, it's not, it, most of the time from MKs, it doesn't happen. Yeah. They're not able to do that. Yeah. So. I agree. Yes, Liv? You had a confused look on your face for a sec. Or was that more of deep thought? I was just listening and in deep thought. Okay. It's really interesting to hear, because I didn't start doing mission trips until I was older. Mm -hmm. I knew a lot of MKs growing up because we grew up in a church and being homeschooled it's kind of like you're either a homeschooler yep. who is just homeschooled or you're a homeschooler and an MK mm -hmm. or there's that third category of you're a homeschooler and a military family yeah so it's really cool to hear a different perspective than being older and knowing how to differentiate that because I grew up homeschooled and then went to a public school and I had to adapt mm -hmm. my viewpoint a little bit. Cool. So it's really cool. Yeah. So what are some ways to, so we talked about the importance of having people in, in your life with differentiating views. How do you deal with maintaining those relationships? Because there's a difference between having them and having to like what you said, love tolerate them. Yeah. And then actually having a like deep connection with them. The, the reason I'm bringing this up is the person who actually suggested this topic is a close friend of ours mm -hmm. um, and is in our normal group. So, and they have, you know, they're very, very close to all of us, but they definitely have differentiating views. We've been able to, to maintain that relationship for us. I think it just, cause we all are so accepting, but yeah. for those who that's a little bit more challenging, what yeah. are some ways to, that you guys can think of to help maintain that relationship? I think for me personally, it all goes back to you know, love your neighbor as I, as myself, mm -hmm. you know, like I never step foot out of the door with the anticipation of I'm going to change a life today. Mm -hmm. I think walking out of your front door saying like, 
Today, I'm going to make sure this person right here knows Jesus. It doesn't work like that in our generation anymore. We can't really go door to door and get, you know, success at almost every single door we go and, you know, uh -huh. talk to. It's more so through our actions. And it's more so through how we relate and how we bring a, a relation together. Mm -hmm. um, Consistent where, relational actions, preferably in, you know, face-to-face. -face. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And, like, interacting. And, you know, I, I have friends who are not believers. You know, uh -huh. I have friends who are who live a different lifestyle than, than we do. And not once have I ever felt... Like I had to sit down with my Bible open and saying, what you're doing or who you believe is, it's a sin and uh -huh. you will go to hell. Do I feel like that's a, ne a necessary step at some point in their life? Yeah, probably. Like if they go to church, that's what they should hear in church. Uh -huh. But do they need to hear that from someone they trust and think of as a peer or think of as, you know, a friend? I don't know. Unless the Holy Spirit is like really tapping on my heart saying, all right, now speak gospel into their life my actions are going to speak louder than my words. Mm -hmm. I can sit there and say, hey, if we have different viewpoints, we can't be friends. That's going to, one, turn them away from Jesus. But two, that's going to shut them up, shut mm -hmm. them off from an opportunity that you potentially have building that relationship down the road. Mm -hmm. Going into today's society and saying, you need to know Jesus, you don't know Jesus, or you're going to hell, isn't going to be the same as if I went to somebody and was like, hey, we both really enjoy to dance. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. And then use that going forward in, in the sense of, oh, I danced here, I've danced here, I've done this piece. Oh, you did this piece too. That's really cool. Oh, you went to that summer intensive. We missed each other by a week. Like there's so many connections that you can make. And then eventually the story is going to come out of how did you get here? Mm -hmm. And that's when I can insert my testimony. And then if they continue to want that, and that could take weeks, that could take months, that could take years to build that trust with somebody. And then we see that development over time and that kind of grows that person up into trusting you and then seeing the difference within your heart. And you've mentioned that before with other topics about like your tattoos yes. and exactly. the other stuff that you are able to use as, as ministry tools and it purely comes out of your actions. Yeah. So, um, and the fact that you don't look like a stereotype, you know, yeah, I Christian. Yeah, I don't look like a typical Southern Christian, no. you know. I definitely go against the grain in that sense, but that's what draws, and I don't want to sound prideful saying this, but that's what draws a lot of people to me, mm -hmm. I think, is they recognize the difference within within me and not just my external appearance. It does draw people away. It actually can draw a lot of believers away saying like, oh, well, you're not, you're not holy enough mm -hmm. or you're not worthy enough and I'm like you don't know my heart though you're yeah. you're going off of just solely what you see talk to me a little bit and you can actually hear the Lord speaking through not necessarily each word but the usage of words mm -hmm. so maintaining that relationship really does come it boils down to can can our actions speak up mm -hmm. and and are we willing to put the time in to invest into that relationship and putting our differences aside like I may sit back and say yes xyz is a sin in my bible but you're you're living this lifestyle or you're living this this life uh -huh. I don't I, it's not my place to judge you 
it's not my place to say that's wrong. It's my place to love thy neighbor mm-hmm. as I love myself. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to talk to him. I'm not going to turn him away. Now, if we were talking about relationships in the, like, becoming one unionizing Romantic sense, relationships. That's the word. The, u- the romantic relationships, I would have a different, I would have a different statement. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Which people can then come out, well, why are they different? Well, I can go into that in a second if we want to do a separate segment. Yeah, we'll do that. I say, I was, one comment I was going to say is people don't care what you know until they know that how you much care. you care. Yes. Yeah. And that plays true time and time again because there's one person in a city, a couple cities over, that will go to a busy intersection with a bullhorn and preach fire and brimstone mm-hmm. every day. Yes. Now, I don't know if they're doing it in the middle of, you know, the coronavirus. Wait, but... this is a real person? Yes. yes. Oh, dang. And she will stand on the street corner every oh, day. Oh, and it's a woman, too. Okay. Whether it's raining, whether... I, I've seen her out there rain, snow, or shine. And that has a tendency of turning people off, Absolutely. in my experience, because it's like, you're just going to sit there and say, oh, well, you're doomed. Well, then if I'm doomed, then what's, what's it worth trying to even try? Yeah. And going along with the whole, it's funny how you'll actually be so close to actually meeting up with people. That's kind of mine and Jordan's story. Uh-huh. We actually did run into each other once, and then... Years and years and years later, we actually ran into each other again, and we actually didn't remember that we ran into each other once. But throughout all those years, we even went to the exact same events on the exact same days, and we're like a couple rows apart with our boyfriend or girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. Destiny. (laughs) I mean, really. I mean, we started actually just mapping all this out. Like, we went to the same park as kids we did we went to similar outings because a friend of hers went to a different location of the same church that i went to Mm -hmm. so we kept going to the same events and etc etc and then in college we actually finally just met up met up due to the friend who suggested this topic yes (laughs) but with i'm trying to remember what the original question was now (laughs) How do you maintain those relationships? Ultimately, what it comes down to is having respect for your fellow human. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have, if you don't even start with respect, with you, you're saying love your neighbor as yourself. Another one is the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right. And I typically try to give trust when I first meet somebody. Yeah. You can lose that trust real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will try at my hardest when I first meet somebody to just take them at their word. That gets real hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes that might get me taken advantage of. Right. But I'm going to try to give them the benefit of a doubt because I'd want them to give me the benefit of a doubt. You done? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was making sure. I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm trying to be nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, trying being the key word. Yeah. <laughs> I think for for me, it's it goes into 
if somebody came to me and said, I'm not a Christian, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, and I didn't agree with the fact that they weren't a Christian or they had different political views or they had different views of something else, but they needed help, why would it make a difference if they lied and came to me and said, I am a Christian, I need X, Y, and Z? Like, to me, it's you have to look at it in the sense of what is really the goal. If the goal is to sit there and agree on everything, it goes exactly what Caroline said. You're not going to ever get challenged. You're not ever going to grow. But on top of that, you're never going to get to the point where you put aside differences and realize when there is a heart that needs help. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this gets, and we can talk about this a little bit more, but I feel like this gets m- messed up a lot online. I feel Ooh, like... yes. Um, anonymity makes it so easy to yeah. hate other people. And it's for, for me, it's, and this is just mostly of how I was raised by my parents, which is, I don't know that person's heart. I am never going to truly know that person's heart. I'm going to know what I think I know. I, you know, with everybody in this room, I know what you have presented to me, but at the end of the day, y'all could be putting on faces. I mean, it, I don't know your heart at the end of the day. Um, so it's not my, like what Liv said, it's not my job to judge. It's not my job to condemn. I may not condone certain things that you're doing. I'll tell you that. I'll say, you know, I don't think it's good for your life in general, not even a religious life, just life in general for you to do this or to act this way or to take this drug or whatever. Right. But I'm going to love you anyway. Cause that's what, I mean, Liv, you said the exact same thing. It's what I've been called to do. I haven't yeah. been called to condone I, or uh, condemn. I haven't been called to judge yet. We do it. And that's something that now when I journal and I do in my prayers, that's a, almost the first thing that I say when I'm, you know, when I ask for forgiveness for my sins is please forgive me for the judgments that I've made. Cause we do it unconsciously mm-hmm. in the first three seconds that you were presented with somebody, you make a judgment. That's sad that we've gotten to that point. And then the other part of it is, you know, I don't, again, somebody could be putting on a face and I think everything's fine. I want to make sure that they feel comfortable enough to me to come to me and be like, so I know I look okay, but I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I really need your prayer on this. I really need your help on this. I really need somebody to talk to Mm because it's, I want Jesus to show through me. Yeah. And by, and I, in order for me to, for that to happen, I have to be okay with who he brings to me. Absolutely. Jordan, why don't you talk about your friend from college? The one who suggested this? No, 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 no. The, um, the friend who was of different orientation. Oh, so we have, we refer to, (laughs) I'm going to use a very crude topic, but he's my gay best friend. I miss him. Um, he just because of his comments. This is, yeah, this is, that's why I think this is so apropos. This is another big thing is you don't know somebody's background. So you don't know why they are like they are. And so there is a guy that I, me and the person who made the suggestion, um, were friends with the first year that I was at college that John actually knew too. And he was, he said he was bisexual. He was gay. There were a couple of girls that he was okay with. That's more what it was. Um, I mean, you know, goth outfit, pink hair when I met him, which turned to green. (laughs) He was trying to get to black. It didn't work. Um, I mean, just complete opposite of what I was and what I appeared to be. I mean, we were just total opposites. And we were talking one time and he said something about, you know, Christians being kind of like 
the the Bible thumping, you know, whatever. And I just was like, I mean, that's your view. I, you know, and he was, he got real quiet and he just looked at me. He was like, you're not going to try and like preach me out of it. And I said, no, I said, as long as you don't shove your beliefs down to my throat, I'm not going to shove mine down to yours. And he made the comment because he had grown up in a, in a house where his grandmother was very vicious about, you have to believe this, you have to believe this. And so he had turned away. And he made the comment to me, which is still like my favorite thing ever. He said, had you been the one or somebody like you been the one to preach the gospel to me, I would have been more okay with it. And that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that to, to the fact that he, the fact that I had that respect for him, it goes into what John says, respect. The fact that I had that respect for him to sit there and know he has different beliefs, but that's okay. As long as there's mutual respect. Mm -hmm. And that's another big thing is with the friends that we have and the people that are in our lives, I feel like they have as much respect for us as we do for them. We, yeah. we all know that we have different views and different religions and different, you know, whatever, different lives. We all respect that. Right. And when it gets to a point where we're kind of touchy-feely about what's going on, we just stay quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the big things to kind of just really hit on for a second, though, is that that mutual respect yes because just because we're believers and just because we're christians does not mean we receive disrespect true because of our views um i will be the first person to stand up in front of somebody and say i am sitting here respecting you and your choices i fully expect that same respect or we can't con we cannot yes. converse I've had multiple situations where people have not shown me the same respect that I attempt to show them, and it becomes either one of two things. I either can't, I can't, Yeah. I'm not going to put forth that effort anymore, or I'm going to pray for you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pray for you. I might not talk to you, but that becomes a little bit of a hostile situation. So, I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of people have this false notion that because we're Christians, we'll receive any criticism that we get. And that's kind of the opposite. And I think that's what's kind of happening in our society right now is there are two massively different spectrums going on, you know, especially last year. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of 2018 as well, we had two massively different spectrums, one being the LGBT community and one being us, the Christian community. And it was the Christians are breathing down our necks and the Christians are Bible thumping and we are not, you know, and that's the LGBT community's perspective of us. Uh -huh. But then the roles felt like they reversed when we, you know, legalized same-sex marriage, when we legalized, you know, a lot of different things. It was then, we want to get married in the church. We want to do this, but we're going to sue you if you don't do this. Yeah. Out of mutual respect, I have the right to believe what I believe and do what I want just as much as you do, uh -huh. you know? And, um, that was a disclaimer that I wanted to put in. Like we, we do have to respect others, but that does not come with a cost of being open to disrespect. No, not about that. And I mean, when it comes to a Christian to a Christian, whether it be two different denominations or just different things, even within the same denomination, I always try to look at it as, you don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Well, what's the big stuff? In my view, it's 
Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Yep. yep. He was born by being conceived between the Spirit and Mary, who yeah. came from the lineage of David. Yeah. Joseph technically did as well, even though he was only his yeah. you know, adopted <laughs> father. That he lived a perfect life, that he sacrificed himself for all of our sins, and that he rose from the grave three days later, and that yeah. he's our Lord and Savior. Outside of that, we can... We, we can, can get, get along. The, we can get along because <laughs> that's the big thing. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah. That's why John 3.16 is like the first Bible verse we're, we're ever to memorize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, almost really everybody knows it. Yeah. What about you, Caroline? I was going to say, I'm, I'm patiently waiting. I know you well, are. Part of that's just because of my own experience because I'm going to talk about our relationship, Jordan. Okay. <laughs> and the fact that we were both raised Adventist, but because of the way we were raised by different people in our lives, we both ended up having different understandings mm-hmm. or feelings, I should say, towards uh, the denomination in general. Attitudes. And, yeah, okay. That's, yeah, that's what I... That works. Yeah. Yeah. We have different attitudes about it. <laughs> different attitudes. Uh, we still with, do. <laughs> with excellent reason, though. Yeah. Because I feel like I was taught um, with love. And uh, I'm not saying that Jordan wasn't, but she tended to get more of the legalism. legalistic side yeah. of things. I mean, any church can have legalism. Any church. Mm-hmm. But mine has gone through a long extent of it in their history where I just I just want to bang my head against the wall when I think about it but because of the way it was presented to me versus her we have I'm not going to say butted heads but we have had to sort of talk about well I do this because I believe this and I do this because I believe this and sometimes we have had to say you know I disagree but i get where you're coming from yeah which was i mean literally the first topic we addressed on the show but the way that we've maintained our relationship is because we wanted to mm-hmm. you know it, it was purely from the fact that we care about each other as human beings and that our friendship i i think i would think with anybody of any other religion or denomination or even if they don't have any whatever if you want to be friends you're going to maintain that friendship Mm -hmm. you know and you're going to agree to disagree and if you decide that you do want to talk about it you make sure it doesn't come on as you know i'm throwing something at you or you know i'm coming for you i got some good bible verses i'm gonna throw your way today like no 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 no. that's not how we do it no i think the other thing too caroline that we've gotten really good at and i think most of our friends have not good at but part of the mutual respect love that you were talking about caroline i i am not attending the the seventh day Adventist church that you are i will still go i do things there yeah. but the church that john and i go to you've turned around and come to our church and sat there and respected us and been able to you don't sit there and be like well i want to come over but i'm gonna sit at your house and make you feel awkward like you don't do that you're like i want to go and i want to see what you enjoy about this church what you're getting out of it like there's yeah you're not sitting there and being like, I'm going to convert, but, and it's not a conversion thing. It's just a preference thing. And we've had that conversation. Yeah. But you were able to sit there and go, I want to go because you're my friend and I love you. And I want to see what you're getting out of it. Yeah. And same with me. Like when there's stuff going on at your church, 
I want to sit there and I want to see what your church is doing. Although Mostly because I, I know get, a lot of them. I know, but I tend to get a lot more out of the um, Sabbath school, like the individual small group stuff, like we were yeah. talking about last week. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of just because I have had to deal with that in my life. Not that I've always been this outsider or whatever, but, I mean, even in elementary school, like, kids would be like, why don't you eat meat? And it's like, well, then again, back then I was much more judgmental, not based on a religion thing or anything. It was just, it's a sin to eat animals. Because, I mean, I'm an animal lover, you know, but I was a lot more hyperactive in that way. And then mom is like, honey, Jesus ate fish. It's like, oh. So, you know, little little me had to be shot down. So, um, but they've, you know, it's like, well, why do you do this? Well, why do you do that? Well, why do you have to be so different? And the, um, this guy who had a crush on me for freaking years would, did not have any idea why I wouldn't go to prom with him on Saturday and Friday night and other stuff. And it's like, well, dude, it's literally because of my religion. Although, truth be told... I really didn't want to date him, and I should have been a lot more honest and upfront about that at first, but he was a very complicated case. But I was not lying about that part, you know? And it's hard when mainstream society is one way, and it's not that you're actively fighting the current, but you're just sort of gliding along, sort of avoiding a few things, and it's like, I wish I didn't have to do that, but this is just how I believe. You know, and I don't want to, like, actively smack into people and go, hey, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, a situation we were talking about over the table uh, when we were eating lunch. We don't want to force things in right. front of people and make them feel bad. We, right. we don't have to talk about it, but, you know, uh, just because you believe differently. Yeah. Because that's just going to, like we've been saying, turn people away. Yeah. And the main goal should be creating relationships and being able to discuss our different beliefs through those relationships and not just, blah, this is what I believe. Info dump. Yeah. So, yeah. I say, and sorry, I'm cutting you off no, for a second. Okay. But... Sorry, Claire doesn't get to talk this it's time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but as somebody who I've gone to the church that you went to, the church that you were going to when we first met mm -hmm. through your grandparents and your parents, if I would if I were to go to those two churches, I would not have said they were from the same denomination. I know, right? <laughs> Which I mean, you get that with I imagine any denomination. You're going oh, to get yeah. that with Baptists. Baptists. You're going to get are, that with each one is a separate world. <laughs> especially the further south you go. Let's say you got Southern Baptists, you got Northern Baptists, you got all sorts of different Baptists. Midwestern Baptists, Baptist, Alaskan <laughs> Baptists. <laughs> Texas has their own form of Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, you're United going to Church get of Texas. you're going to get <laughs> you're going to get that, and I and I understand that, but it was like night and day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I get what you're saying. Just I'm trying to figure out a better way of saying it, but <laughs> there's not really a better way of saying it. Yeah, it was a mess. And I, I will say it's a mess because one time we walked out of a session that was basically pat on the back because we're good Adventists. And I walked out of that uh, going to John, I'm sorry. That was an embarrassment. That was, <laughs> I'm sorry on no, behalf of my religion. Seriously, yes. I'm sorry on exactly, behalf of my denomination. <laughs> yeah, that's literally that's exactly what I said because it's like the, sermons should not be pat on the back. We're such good Adventists. We're better than other people. It's like, no, 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 no. 
no, that is not what this is about. You know, so yeah. Hey guys, so we're not doing a ministry spotlight this month because COVID-19 happened. <laughs> so we as a table team family want to encourage you to stay safe, to wash your hands, take shelter if needed, and pray for our country, for our friends and family, for the world. Because ultimately God is the only one who's going to get us through this crisis. Till next time, bye guys. Okay. Okay. How do you how do you maintain relationships when you have different views? I I think it really like honestly, in my opinion, it all boils down to the fact that like if you really have a different view and you really feel like that you, that your view is biblical and that someone else's view is not biblical, how are you truly going to show them that your view is biblical if you don't have a relationship with them? Exactly. Like preach, girlfriend. That. Preach mission. You kids. cannot you cannot go into a relationship, especially I'm sitting here more on the friendship side of things. I'm not I'm not going into like cause dating and like moving into marriage, that's a whole different thing. I don't believe you should have a start a dating relationship with somebody that has a completely different viewpoint than you. That's just wrong. That's you're heading for like burning, crashing fire. Well I but, I, I knew we were gonna address this, but the Bible says do not be unequally yoked. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you're saying. But the thing is for friendship relationships, it's completely different, especially yes. in high school. How are you going to help those those people grow in their faith through your testimony and your personal view of Christ in your life if they have absolutely no idea who you are as a person and how Christ is worth through your life? You can't go into a situation thinking that, oh, okay, you have a different point of view. I, okay, bye. I gotta, I gotta go. I can't yeah. be here. Because how are they supposed to know what's what is truly God's word if nobody's if nobody's showing them and no, and like they're not allowing God to work through their life how are they supposed to know that if we as Christians are shutting them off because they have a slightly different point of view mm. that's wrong on our part mm-hmm. yeah we are called to plant the seed we're not called to do anything else yeah no yeah. well and my <laughs> other thing is like the friends that we have one of the things that i have learned from that is it a, yes we need to be a good example we need to preach that word we need to plant that seed but at the end of the day, they're really cool people to hang out with. And like, if I hadn't, if I hadn't been okay with that, I never would have known that. Yeah. So now, yes, I make sure that I stand up and I don't take disrespect. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when we hang out, I'm not focused on, am I planting this seed or am I planting this word? Unless it gets laid onto my heart. Right. Other than that, I'm just enjoying them. I have a goddaughter now because... I have reconnected with people who have different views and work completely different lifestyles, but I love them and they're just cool people to hang out with. Well, and at the end of the day, like, how cool is it going to be when we get to heaven and we reconnect with certain individuals that we had the opportunity to say, oh, we have different views, I can't. Yeah. And they come up, like, how cool is it going to be when... If, if and when they come up to us and say, because of you, I'm here. Yeah. Mm. Like, we may never know that. So the relationships we build now have a lasting impression that yep. we may never realize until that day. We're like, yeah, 
because you chose to look at me the way that you did and you chose to accept me the way that you did and you chose to befriend me even though our differences I'm here yeah like that that is what excites me about mending and bonding those relationships with with different views before we talk about like actual like romantic relationships I just want to point out like we are all from different denominational backgrounds yes um so if we can go around real quick and say like what we what we grew up as and what we are now if they're the same because I grew up in a Baptist church with a Catholic influence on my dad's side mm-hmm. so I grew up which with, is very unique <laughs> yes like my mom and my dad are let me just say my mom and my dad are completely different denominational backgrounds my dad is Catholic my mom is Southern Baptist and here we are <laughs> like here I am like they they it's because of those two showing each other mutual respect in their faith background mm-hmm. I don't look at anyone differently yeah you know even if they are self-proclaimed atheists like I'm not gonna look at that person differently I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever my walk is supposed yeah. to do but I'm non-denominational I, I do not claim a denomination over myself because um one I just have issues with certain but that's a whole other mm-hmm. thing you're non-denominational in the sense of not claiming a denomination like your denomination isn't non-denominational because there is a denomination, non-denomination called just, non-denomination yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm claiming yeah. like non-denomination <laughs> in the Why? sense of I, I do not have a denomination that I right. stamp on myself more interdenominational yeah I'm a Christian with, yeah. that's it yep. a follower of that's, Jesus Christ that's yeah. literally I mean that's what Jordan is so it says on my Facebook mm-hmm. I grew up in a Southern Baptist churches all my life, mm-hmm. which is weird because my dad is totally not Southern Baptist. Nor is mine. What I, is your dad? I can't ever remember because he has actually tried very hard up until this past year of hiding what he really believes in that regard for me because what he believes does not handle children well within the church. Because it's very strict and very... He's much more of a Calvinist than... Oh! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's not a... He's not really a Calvinist, truly, in full, but he, he does leans, have... He, he does, that does have Very heavy-leaning Calvinist, I got you. What do you know? Um, I would... Like I just said to Olivia, I'm very much... I don't like denominations. I really believe that... Satan has put that within our midst to divide us mm-hmm. as opposed to being one church that spreads the gospel around the entire world. We are now had my little rant about that. Had, we're now, you know, the Southern Baptist Church or the Adventist Church or the Catholic Church and the different churches within the Catholic Church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's another reason. There's just too mu- too many traditional things to remember. I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> too many churches. And then there's a church of canon within the yeah. Catholic, which is the most, like, loose of them. Yeah. So, I am, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and I'm, I'm just Christian. I don't like denominations. Yeah. Period. Caroline. <laughs> Again, I'm the oddball out. I know. Because I have stayed Seventh-day Adventist, but that is only because of my own research, which I yeah. did a lot during college. I went to an Adventist college because I'd never been to a Christian schooling at all. I was public school my whole life and I was sick and tired of that. Mm-hmm. I wanted something different and uh, going to a true Adventist bubble, uh, I mean, I learned things. 
Um, I changed in both ways, good and bad. I had to come home and sort of reevaluate, you know, not just what I, well, yeah, what I believed in some ways and others. Because, I mean, when you go to a, a church school, you meet from both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, kind of had to get my head sort of screwed back on straight, if you want to call it that way. Yeah. But, yeah, I have stayed that way because of my own research. And I'm not going to knock other people but you know i do believe that there are certain truths that we need to be aware of particularly with in time events coming up you mm -hmm. know and yeah that's that's kind of the crux of it mm -hmm. clara i was raised in so many different churches with so many different biblical viewpoints i was raised in a baptist church in like an extreme extreme family integrated homeschool church oh, wow. in like churches in Portland, Oregon that were way more like a lot of people, way a different group of people. Uh -huh. But basically I was just raised to believe what I believe about the Bible, to read uh -huh. the Bible, absorb it, and believe that that is true. Uh -huh. And we weren't necessarily raised to believe so much how my parents believe, but to read the Bible for ourselves and have take on our own faith. Uh -huh. um, oh, that's good. Yeah, so... Well, that, that part. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, cool. and I guess, like, the point I'm trying to make with all of this is we all have different backgrounds. Uh -huh. We all have different views of the Bible. We all receive the Bible differently, and we've all, we all receive different traditions differently, and yet here we are, a group of five individuals, talking about how do you maintain a relationship with uh -huh. potentially like different you know different backgrounds different denominations different views and we've done it successfully uh -huh. you know and that's the and we're not reaching over the table smacking each other yeah well, i'm very surprised the social distancing here is really helping me out well, this, this is so i can actually put my feet up in your face let's not <laughs> let's not let's not and say we did so so we've kind of hinted at this, and, and we'll go ahead and talk about that. What is the difference and the importance of keeping relationships like friendships and work relationships with different views versus having romantic relationships with different views? Yes. Well, go ahead! <laughs> that was my face! <laughs> Anti-social distance. Right there in my face! Like, oh. almost right in your mouth. I know. <laughs> Don't poke me! Social distancing. <laughs> so, I'm ignoring you. It's like really scary. <laughs> Am I bleeding? You're okay. Sorry, it was so exciting. <laughs> Your aim is spot on. I can't do it with any sort of round object though. Balls freak me out. Yes. Anyway. So. The Bible says we should pursue after a relationship that is equally yoked as ourselves. Yeah. E. Now, here's where my gram cups come out. That just make you really nervous. What? My gram cups. Gram claps. My gram, gram Martha. Oh, okay. Martha. I was gonna say gram cracker. <laughs> no, but my fiance likes to say that Martha Graham came up with the gram cracker. Shout out to my fiance. It's it's intriguing 
in my opinion. We have to, we're, we're called to be equally yoked, and yet our faith and our walk with the Lord is so fluctuating. Mm-hmm. How are we to be on the same wavelength as somebody else is beyond me. It wasn't until I met my fiance that I was like, oh, I see how it is to be equally yoked with somebody. There are times where we I re- we recognize like where one and the other are, you know, still learning from each other, but that comes from the challenging part. You're supposed mm-hmm. to also be able to challenge your significant other. There's supposed to be that challenge that, you know, drives you to dr- be closer to the Lord. So in in my position and in my opinion, being equally yoked is that of the most up imp- uh, most importance of your checklist when you're when you're mm-hmm. looking for a person. Quick story time with me. It's been story a minute. It's with been a minute since we've had story, story time. <gasps> yeah. You've never done that before, ever, story ever before. Time. We've had, we've had time. story time with Olivia. No, I, I tell stories in <gasps> dance class all the time. <laughs> oh, that's where the sarcasm was coming from. Uh huh. So, I have tried. I tried two different social media, not social media, but more dating websites mm-hmm. back about, you know, about this time last year mm-hmm. because my fiance and I are coming up on our first year of officially fully dating each other mm-hmm. in April. I tried one website where I was like, all right, I was very open, very blunt, very like, I am a Christian woman seeking after a Christian godly man. And I put it all out there and I noticed that no matter what, and not the uh, the website I ended up going towards the second one, um, I made all the moves first. Mm-hmm. Like I had to reach out to them, and the 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 girl actually reached out to the guy and mm-hmm. started the conversation. But I still recognize the blatant disregard for my faith and just going towards that. This is what I'm looking for. Hit me up. Yeah, I'm like yo. You completely ignored the fact that the first tagline, my bio, literally says, I am a Christian woman looking for a God-fearing man. Yeah. Like, that is what it is. Complete disregard. So I hopped off that site. Come to find out my fiancé was on that site, tried messaging me, but I had already left that site. Oh. <laughs> Found me on the other site, and that was Way great. Way to go, Davey. That is funny. Good job. Um, so it, it was, it was, you know, it's, it's... It is one of those. But that was one of the first things that we kind of connected on was we both were sound in our faith. Mm -hmm. And that was something that, you know, I made very clear to him and, you know, vice versa. And to anyone that, you know, I, in my whole dating life, you know, from before my fiance and back, like, my faith will not be shaken Mm -hmm. because of my relationship. So either we're equally yoked and this can continue or we're not and this has to stop. Yeah. You know, that's important to me. That's important to my, for my children. Um, I'm not saying that what I believe has to be everyone's mindset because I know there are people out there that have different, you know, that are not equally yoked. Yeah. In that sense. 
but are madly in love or, you know, are married or are, you know, dating, whatever, whatever stage of relationship you're in, there's that, there's that factor. The question I have to pose to those people at that point is, do you see a potential for equally yoked, being equally yoked by a certain time? And that should be important. Yeah. Do you see the the efforts being made to become equally yoked? And I don't think being equally yoked, this is something that I've discovered over, you know, my almost mm-hmm. 28 years of existence, is being equally yoked does not mean being on the same spiritual knowledge. It does not mean being the same, having the same level of faith. It does not mean having the same experiences. It means following John 3.16. Yeah. That is being equally yoked. It's that yoke in the middle. Yeah. That for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's what you believe in. If you're in that yoke, you're set. I think that's where equally yoked is, is, you know, centered in. As long as you know the Lord, you know he came, you know he died, you know he rose again. You're equally yoked. That's that's my opinion of that Bible verse. I'm blessed with somebody where I feel like we're equally, equally yoked in many more fields mm. than just John 3.16. But that's because we see a progression of our faith as one, mm. not just I'm moving along and I'm pulling behind, you know, somebody else behind. I've seen that done hundreds of times. You know, one person is very solid in their faith. The other person is dragging, you know, and then they're dragging their significant other along, trying to bring them out. That's not a healthy relationship either. Mm -mm. I was about to reference the the person that you were with when we met you. I remember when we first met you, you felt like you could see where it was going to go wrong, but you could see where, like you said, you could see the potential. Yes. When you and that person broke up, I remember having that conversation with you and being like, what was, what was it? Because two months ago you were, you know, you were seeing the good potential Uh and you very clearly, you were like the potential that I saw for it to go wrong. It started going that way. And I don't want to be on that path with him. Yeah, no. So I think that's a good, you have always kept that. If you can see the potential for it to go good and it's following that path. Right. You'll stick on it. Yeah. The minute it starts to turn, you will turn around and reevaluate what has happened. Yeah. And see if you need to bail. And and since then, that person has reached out and has thanked me for bailing at that point oh, because good. he was able to hit a hit a bottom. He yeah. did hit a because I mean this particular individual was preparing and was ready to take our relationship to the next level. I remember. Um. I'll fill you in, because <laughs> um, that's not going to be the only time that happens. Um, my fiance knows, but because I saw it going one direction and not the positive direction, not the we continue moving as an equally yoked pair, yeah. but deterring off of that path, he was able to hit a, a, a moment of uh, being by himself and recognizing that path had mm-hmm. had skewed and I was like, nope. And I turned around and I was yeah. like, this is where I'm going. And he was able to find somebody and now they have two really beautiful children. And <gasps> he, he is in a very 
very solid faith-based you know yeah. relationship that they're moving together as a unit not yeah because at that point I had felt like yes this individual wanted to be within the church and yes this individual wanted to work in the church but I still felt like the spiritual head I still felt like I was dragging him along yeah I still felt like my spiritual maturity was much higher than his yeah to a level where there was a huge gap, gap yeah. Min, you know, minimal gap is fine. Like I completely understand minimal gap, but maximum gap is it, it, that causes one person to have the relational strain. And I've, I've, ne- I've recognized that in, in several different relationships. Mm-hmm. And anytime I do notice that, or I do notice that deterring off of God's path or the path that I feel like the Lord is putting me on, if that person doesn't match, then we have to, we have to go opposite ways. And it's, it's the, it's now with my fiance, I see that path as a forever path because we, I mean, only the Lord could have brought us together. And that was something that we had talked about. I I literally think it was last night. It was like, and we were making kind of a joke of it. And it was kind of a cute little flirtatious, like jokiness. But at the end of the day, it was like, we were referring to the, we were literally taking, and we're going to talk about this next week. We were taking the Bible and breaking the Bible up into Star Wars episodes <laughs> and how they're parallel with each other and Only how like, you <laughs> do that sort Wait till of I tell you what we figured out last night. It's so cool. Oh no. But... I literally looked at it and was like, only God could have literally handcrafted this. Like, only God could have put us on these same apps at the same time, mm-hmm. meet each other there, and instantly know. Like, I mean, it was day three for me. I think it was pretty much instant for him. Yeah. But he can answer that didn't question. Didn't he have a dream? Yeah, it was really dope. Um, <laughs> but he didn't know who that person was, and he felt from the Lord con- confirmed that it was me. That here we are coming up on our one year engaged. Yeah. I know that I know that I know that I'm going to marry my, my fiance. Yeah. There's, there has not been one moment, one doubt in my, in this whole year where I've sat down and thought, am I more spiritually mature than him? Mm -hmm. There has not been one moment where I'm like, are we actually equally yoked? It has been confirmed every single second. Like I have had, and you guys know I've, I've, had relationships where I'm like, I just don't know, guys. Like, I kind of feel this way. Like, you guys have been through mm-hmm. two of them, mm-hmm. two that had major potential. Mm-hmm. There's a massive difference in this one. Yeah. There's a huge difference. And it's because God, one, God put his hand in it. And two, we are equally yoked. Yeah. And I, is it is the epitome of what I've been looking for my whole life. Yeah. So. I think. See, I told you I was going to go more than 10 minutes. I know. I think it's really interesting that we're talking about this because we do have such different dynamics. We have somebody who's engaged, and then me and John are married, and, and Caroline is single and looking and ready to mingle. Well, well, well okay, okay, okay. <laughs> What are you? 110% single, and I'm Claire, happy with Claire is taking advice. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I have changed mine, not necessarily from ready to mingle, but ready you're when just, God's timing you're just is. happy. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy. happy. I'm a happy little jellyfish Look, floating around. You are Rapunzel slash, well, you're not the beast, but the stories of Disney where Rapunzel I, was no, no, locked no. up in a tower. I want to be Belle, honey. I want to find a gorgeous man in a castle with a books, with oh, a library. Oh, of course. I'm saying this is something I've seen because of COVID-19. Rapunzel oh, was locked away in a tower, met her guy. 
Elsa was locked away in a tower, became queen. These are all, like, quarantine yes. things. Yeah. Beast was locked away, married Belle. Yeah. We just gotta stay in quarantine, go meet your man. <laughs> I'm telling you what. You go meet your man in quarantine. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> so... What? Well, I mean, I was going to talk about, you know, the symbolism of equally yoked, how... Of course you were. Well, I'm going to say... I'm over here trying to talk about our relationship. I'm going to turn from something else. Well, no, that's why... It's okay. I'm going to say, because it talks about in the Bible how the husband is supposed to be a spiritual lead, where the wife is supposed to help keep him in check and support. Right. We've talked about this Mm -hmm. in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. Well, equally yoke comes from the symbolism of two ox with one yoke that they both carry. But Mm -hmm. how I see it with the roles, how it's spelled out, would be more like horses pulling a carriage in line. You got your lead, which is directional, Mm -hmm. and your back in the one behind... (laughs) Is is helping actually do the more of the pulling. Yeah, I'm the one sitting in the cart with the whip. <laughs> Get going! Keep it back! No, no! <laughs> You're too slow. Dangle a video game at the end of exactly. Saitan. Like I have time. <laughs> I wish you played video games the other night. Are you letting me talk yes, now? Yes, uh, okay. that's all I had to say. That's okay. why I was trying to get in there. Real no, quick. I think the interesting journey you and I went on, John, when we got together, because when we were dating, we understood the importance of equally yoke, but we just kind of were enjoying dating because we weren't even going to, like, we fought being together. We were friends. We were fine with being friends. We were with other people. We were cool. And again, Liv, a Lord thing was like, nope. Get nope, nope, yeah. nope. And so when we first started dating, that was the running joke was we're dating because God told us to and we don't want to make him mad. <laughs> like that was the running joke was <laughs> I love you because God said so. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was like <laughs> well, I mean, that really was I'm getting married joke. to you because God said so. <laughs> well, I mean, when we first met, I was actually dating somebody else at the time. Ah, so funny. I knew this. Yes. But <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> Mike, super short show. So, but yeah, I that was something when when we finally kind of figured out that we were we were gonna get married and that was something we wanted. We had to sit there, and I remember this very clearly. One of the times that we talked about it very seriously about getting married, we talked about what we wanted out of life. We talked about what we wanted for our kids, what we wanted as far as kids. Right. I wrote him a letter. I think I still have it. I wrote him a letter and basically was like, if this is what you want for your life, I'm not ready for that at this time. I need to step back and I need to let go. And he was so sweet. He was just like, I'm not saying we have to. I'm saying this is what I would like. So I think in being... I think I'm thinking about a different message. Because the one I'm thinking about was when you were trying to break up with me. Yeah, that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. Who was that? Uh, that was this. He, We had talked about, like I said, what we wanted out of life and what we wanted for our kids and our house and everything like that. And the lifestyle that he was describing at the time, it like I couldn't handle it. Because he, he very much likes the idea of being secluded and having... Farm life. Yeah, farm life. And just being isolated from everybody. It's and not ew. Being, a kingdom of... Uh, I'm just kidding. It's not so much being by ourselves, but creating a community that exists 
more that off is self, the grid. That is self-sustaining and off the grid. And... Oh, okay. It's a no, it's not. <laughs> but at the time, at the time, and I'm getting more and more to the point where I like the idea just because I like having land and we live out in the country and I'm seeing yeah. the benefits of it. But at the time, I was like, I can't deal with that. And so I, seriously, I wrote him a letter. I gave it to him. I mean, I was standing in front of him when he read it. But it was, if if this is what you want, I can't be with you. And I mean, I was bawling because I didn't want to break up with him. It just was, I couldn't, I didn't want to be on that path if I wasn't ready to go that way. Right. And I knew I wasn't ready. And that was just a lifestyle thing. That right. wasn't even a religion thing. That kept pushing us. And so the stuff, me being not legalistic in the sense of the Seventh-day Adventist and being Christian honestly came from John pushing me a lot and being like, well, as far as your religion goes, what is the most important thing? Mm -hmm. What is something that, you know, is it the Sabbath keeping or is it, you know, what the John three sixteen? Mm -hmm. What is your main focus? And I had to sit there and, and John had to do it too. We've had religious discussions where I've challenged him about stuff. Mm -hmm. And we both have had to sit there. And at the end of the day, what we said was, as long as you do not ever force me to not go to the church I feel like I need to be at then we're okay. We yeah. both knew we're, that John three sixteen, but we were prepared to, he was prepared to go to the church that I had chose, especially if we had kids and then turn around and I would go to the church he chose. Right. And that's really hectic. And a lot of people say that's not healthy, but it's church. I mean, you can learn from both places. Yeah. It's not like, yes, it makes your life a little bit more hectic, but who cares? I mean, and again, grew up, you know, I never, I, my dad never made us choose we're, oh, we're going to Mass, or oh, we're going with Mom. We yeah. always end up going to, I mean, we went to a more Christian community church. It was a Baptist church, but yeah. a Christian community church type thing. But my dad now attends Mass more frequently because all the kids are grown. We yeah. all have our own established faith, and now we see kind of, but they may, they, my parents are literally polar opposite belief systems, like polar opposite, like, denominations. And have, are married and made. Yeah, like, they, and they united for their yeah, kids. They, they united so that y'all would have a united absolutely. example to look at. And they've been married for, um, like, next year will be 30 years. Wow. Like, it, they've, it's, they've literally are the epitome of, it doesn't matter yeah. what, what denomination you have on, hello, my denomination is, sticker. Yeah. It's, it, it's, how can you, how can you unionize? How can you come together and find a common path? And that's, that's really cool, you know? And mm -hmm. it's almost like Aladdin reaching out to Jasmine saying, do you trust me? Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah. had that moment of, do you trust what, do you trust what We've I'm doing? We've had several moments of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. See, and going from different, because with this, my grandparents actually come from polar opposites politically. Yeah. And... It's hilarious listening to them for, like, elections and stuff. It's, okay, I gotta go vote and cancel out yours. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've made it work. Yeah. And so... It's, and that's the only time you really hear... Listening to your hear. grandparents in general is entertaining. <laughs> um, I love his grandparents. And and to be to be really, you know, just real quick, to be clear, like, obviously there are several more biblical things that I think... Yeah. ...being equally yoked kind of establishes and is yeah. inside that yoke. But the foundation is really... John three sixteen for me yeah. like that's where my I find my foundation as far as my faith and that's where I need to be settled in with if at least if we're here we can figure out the rest yeah yeah kind of thing. yep I agree any comments from the peanut gallery 
sorry. No, 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 no. I actually do have something. Woo! <gasps> sorry, the chair almost broke. Join it all the cell. I didn't say anything though. That I just said funny. woo. That was funny. That was funny. They told me to count to ten. I got woo. the woo. <laughs> All right, Caroline, what? So, about being equally yoked, that's the reason why I haven't, like, I have had opportunities, and I have turned them down, because I could already tell we would not have been equally yoked, particularly the first guy who had a crush on me. I mean, there, there were good qualities about him that I liked, but because he was the victim of severe bullying, and he had taken that to mean it was him against the world, mm -hmm. and he had that really judgmental fight back hateful aspect it's like i'm not gonna pity date you yeah you know i don't care if you're obsessed with me or whatever we're, we're not doing this so you know it's it's i have been choosy but i think that's good because i'd much rather be choosy than be in a bad relationship yeah you know so i i completely agree i guess that's all i'm saying about this i completely agree yeah yep Peanut gallery? I, I have something to say about this. I'm actually. excited to hear what you have to say. Excited. I think, because I actually have known a lot of people that have been in relationships earlier than maybe they should have, mm. or taken it a lot faster than they should have, and honestly, in my personal opinion, they've tainted my perspective completely and spoiled mm. that. Is that, and this might be a stereotype, but is no. that a typical, would you say that's a typical missionary MK track okay because I know that's like a typical military thing no um but I don't know about that side of things with being an MK no it's not it's I just think it's completely spoiled my personal perspective of relationships okay. and I've had to rethink all of that because mm -hmm. I have been in one relationship but since then and watching people that I what <laughs> since then Mama bear coming out. Wa watching like those people that have been through relationships that are completely like they went from from understanding christ to going completely off the path and this is the only thing that i'm living for is this particular person it's mm -hmm. taken me a very long time and it's still that's like i don't want a relationship anytime soon because of that just because of how much that the relationships that a, un unequal, unequally yoked for sure, and happened way too early, in my opinion, hurt other, hurt myself and other people that I am mm -hmm. familiar with. So, that's for all those people that want to get Girl, you do you. That's a I good reason. I was about to say, you are young enough, you need to not be focusing on marriage right now. I fully support I that decision. But you. I will say, don't close off your, don't close off your heart to... Like, if God is pushing somebody, because, mm -hmm. again, we're married because God said so. So, um... <laughs> she loves you because God said so. <laughs> I say, we used to, one of the phrases we used to say is, the only reason we got together is because God hit us upside the head with a sledgehammer. Oh, my gosh. Because mm -hmm. it so, was... I mean, he kind of did. But say, it mm -hmm. was very blatant. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, it was obvious to the bystanders. <laughs> my brother, my brother, who at the time lived with, lived with us, but, like, lived with my parents at the still but didn't he was in and out all the time we very rarely saw him after like two months of us just because he broke up with his girlfriend that he was with and I told him I was like I'm not a rebound you have to wait a certain amount of time to make sure it was two months 
that we had been just hanging out. And my brother, brother went to the hospital. And my brother was like, are y'all going to get together anytime soon? Because, like, you're not a rebound. Like, just get together. And it was oh. another it was another two months before we actually ended up together. But my brother was that irritated that See, we weren't together. He was like, just... <laughs> got to say a little bit Baxter in this. I had just got done closing at... McDonald's. This is the first night I was decided I wasn't going to look oh, at this my is, phone. This is when he went to the hospital. That, yeah. This is not when he said that we needed to get together. I thought it was, I thought it was the same no, time. No, it was one night that you were cooking for, or he had been cooking for the for you and me and dad. Okay. And you left, and he was like, okay, seriously, are y'all going to get together anytime soon? Because this is irritating me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't get a vote. Shush. <laughs> yeah, no. That I was thought, totally different. Okay, I thought that came from he that. was a little focused on something else at the time. Well, somebody came coming off of that. No, he was a little focused on something else. My brother went to the hospital. It's a traumatic story. That'll come mm-hmm. up later. Which led to him having to go back to the hospital, too. Because mm. oh, he yeah. never got infected, too? Yeah. <laughs> and then something else happened. My brother's an interesting person. Hi, Beth. It was like three Today. times in a year. My hey, brother has chopped his foot open with an axe. And it was interesting. My brother can top that, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> but so. yeah, also, like, even being the youngest person here, also friends that I do have that have pursued relationships now or even mm-hmm. before, even like 15, 16, 17, 18, that don't so much care at all about future. And it's completely obvious, even to them, that's. It's just a, a time waster and an emotion sucker that they're putting pouring into for absolutely no godly reason. Yeah. And that that puts a really bad picture on relationships for the people around them. Yeah. As well. I mean, I do believe that some. I do believe that there are some. There are every ex that I have, I don't regret having because I yeah. learned what I was looking for. Same. They were um, a lesson. They were. And we talked about this recently. Oh, one of one of um my friends who I was really, really close to who was a guy who was more like a brother growing up, one of the things that he did with me that I then turned around mm-hmm. and realized that that's what I wanted in a guy was he was always there for me if stuff was happening, but he wouldn't take any crud for me. So like if I was acting like a brat, he'd turn around and be like, stop acting like a brat. Mm-hmm. But he understood when there was an urgency or whatever, and he needed to be there. And so that was, I always said that when, when John and I met and we would talk about what we wanted, that was the first thing I always said, because that was the first guy influence outside of my dad and my brother that was, again, that was more of a, that was an influence that he mm-hmm. did specifically something. And I'm like, I want that, not you. I just want that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he'll appreciate if I ever tell him that. Be like, thanks. So let me ask you this, on the topic of relationships and how how you handle and how we deal with, as a young person, how we deal with people who might have different, you know, views than us, the individuals in your life that are still young, because you're young, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a, there's an age gap between us and... I mean, what are you, like 50 something? (laughs) Of course there's an age gap. Just mentioned 28. Get it right. It's only nine years. (laughs) Um... How do you maintain those relationships with your peers who might have a different view of romantic relationships? Ooh, good question. It really depends on how saturated they are. 
if they are completely and utterly saturated by this mindset of I have to have this attention in order to maintain a healthy being, which is myself, which means they're not healthy, then there's n- there's nothing I personally can do as an individual to help them. Right. There's nothing I personally can do because if they don't want a relationship with a friend uh-huh. in their life and they only are looking for that romantic side of things, there's nothing I can do but but love them in a sense that I'm not losing anything or putting anything out on the line that would be harm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Been there, done sense. that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes total sense because I think, I think, for me, I can relate to that in in a in a big way as well. Um, just knowing that sometimes individuals get so saturated with the romantic relationship, they have to cut off. Yep. The actual the the friendships that they have yeah. that being something that has happened to me you know in my life mm-hmm. and having to come to terms with that like I clearly do not want to have to deal with an oversaturated relationship yeah. like that's not mine to carry even if you're with like not the right guy or if even like it's not my place to say whether or not you're with the right guy but you know. I, I'm all I'm trying to say is I can relate to that and I, mm-hmm. I understand that even as an adult you that still happens we uh-huh. still see that trend of how sa- my world. yeah how saturated yeah. you know because I feel like you know it's so it's weird to figure it out at the first in the first place you know how do you balance not oversaturating yourself with some with a significant other with a romantic relationship moving forward mm-hmm. but how do you give it the right amount of attention without being oversaturated yeah mm-hmm. and that's a two-way street I yeah think. i think absolutely. it has to become a two-way street and that's something that my fiance i found with my fiance is we have maintained that as a two-way street yeah i agree all right guys ready to wrap it up Yep, this was a long boy. Oh, do we have any shout-outs? Sorry, we, we're doing it at the very end of the episode. But. Yeah. Um, shout-outs. Yeah. Let's see. Did we even do a group text on this one? We did not have a group text for this okay. one. We, because we have a guest group text, we um, are encouraging group text, but it's not like we're not pushing it because it's we not have a guest this month. Yeah. Um, so for the second set of... Google Doodles. We had John and I's doodles with the word called. And our shout out goes to Claire again? No. (laughs) At Z underscore hope to life. So yes, she guessed it right. It took her a couple tries, but that's okay. Um, I think it was a little hard, which is really cool because we all have different artistic styles and all have different like artistic abilities. And but John's and... had a mustache on it. That's what I I'm don't. Saying. I don't think John's was the one that people were were debating. About. I think <laughs> I think there were other ones that um, that there was. Oh no, it didn't take her a couple tries. She she got it right on the first time, but she sent two responses. That's what it was. Okay. So, Z underscore hope to life. Thank you for guessing correctly, because, yes, it was John and myself. And I got to tell you, like, I think it's one of my favorite, uh, like, graffiti type yeah, things yours I've like ever these. done. I was really excited about this one. Yours this was awesome. fun. I actually don't think I fun. saw yours. This yours... is what mine looked like finished. I showed you the the non-finished version. The one that That's the reason out. why it looks really weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did a good job. Excellent compliment, John. Way to go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, John, lead us out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Call to the Table. 
If you would like to get in contact with us for questions, comments, or future, <laughs> future episodes, or group text, please get in contact us with us at call to the table pod at Facebook or Instagram or call to the table at gmail.com. Bye. Bye. I stayed quiet this time. Did you notice that? Like I genuinely just was like, I'm not going to try that. Congratulations. I refuse to say. Bye.